Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode. This week we will be covering uh, customizing properties for the Yammer Communities app in Teams. Microsoft Search Usage Reports gets some updates. And then Power Apps. You can now display images that are hosted in Microsoft Lists. Let's roll it. The following episode was recorded live on YouTube. Check out our website at messagecenter.show for all of our episodes. Yes, hello. Welcome everyone to episode 196. Hello, Daryl. Hey, Daniel. We have some interesting topics, but the first thing I would like to talk about is since this is episode 196, we have three more episodes, 197, 198, 199, before kind of a big number. 200 our bicentenary yes yes uh, it's a bit a big deal for us because it feels like it's about four years it's a long time yeah and uh daryl is going to paint his chest with white and then he's going black letters he's going to paint your twitter handle as long as you send us a hundred dollars us we didn't talk about this am i going to be a billboard for someone's yes social no here's what we're going to do people for those funny that... story actually funny oh, no. story um a, a, as part of the stag do before i got married over 20 years ago i did get my wife's initials shaved into my chest but you know that's another story wow right okay continuing okay thank you daryl um he is this is his last episode um <clears throat> no all right for those that We're watch right the show here. or listen thank you. to the podcast um, what we'd like to do is maybe put together something a little special for episode 200 and we'd like for you, yes, you to participate. So we'd like for you to take a video of yourself, um, you know, 10 seconds or so video of yourself using your phone, your desktop camera, whatever it is, take a video of yourself and maybe tell us, you know, say your name and then say why you find this show helpful or why you like the show, or maybe why you don't like the show. And then send a link, uh, so maybe you share that in OneDrive or some other, and then you send a link, <laughs> or if it's uh, okay size, you could send the video itself to the email address 200-200. So write 200 at 365mcs.com. Okay, so the email There's is... also an address set up for complaints at 365mcs.com. If you ever want to just do like a 10-second complaint and we can put it into a montage as well. We can do that too. So for this, we and we need you to get on it. If if we, you know, it would be great. Not counting all the things you've seen or heard up in this episode. Um, so 200 at 365mcs.com. We'd love to see those videos. Uh, so we can do something a little special and you can be part of that 200 episode. So we'd really appreciate that. Let's let's dive in, Daryl, if that's okay. I wanted to say go ahead and hit the subscribe, ring the ding-a-lingy bell thingy and um, hit the thumbs up and all those kind of things in YouTube and, and then, of course, in podcast software that you're using. You're starting to sound like a, and all the things. And the all the things. things. All the things. Touch the button. Touch the button. Launch the thing. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> along with all of these things. 
uh, customize the properties for Yammer Communities app in Teams. MC257689. Rolls off the tongue, 689. The, cum the Yammer Communities app, um, also just known as Communities within Teams, along the app bar. If you are using it within your organization and you use Yammer, then you can access Yammer directly from Teams. And I actually quite like, Daniel, that when you are using it from Teams, that the notifications all sit in the activity feed. That's a pretty cool feature. I agree with you. It's nice to have everything uh, in one place, kind of like, yeah. you know, I don't know, let's say an email box. But anyway. <laughs> well, yes, the activity feed is the inbox for Teams. Um, but this message is more about if your organization has gone to the extent of branding Yammer communities and making it feel like maybe it's not Yammer. A bit like what we do sometimes with our intranets that we don't want to call it SharePoint. We want to just call it whatever our intranet is called. And so you, you know, do what you can to make it look quite different and not look like SharePoint. Well, um, with Yammer, you might have gone to that extent and you soon will be able to rename the app from communities, um, change the description, change the app icon, and the accent color. Uh, so those are four things that you could do to give that app a different identity when it's sitting on the app rail. Of course, when you go through to Yammer, it's still going to be called Yammer. But uh, as some put it on the socials this week, if you wanted to name the community's app back to Yammer, if you're a Yammer fanboy or girl, then you can. Um, what are your thoughts, Dan? I I agree with you. You can. <laughs> I, if you If that's your thing... It really depends on your organization. Uh, as long as it's not a, you're making this decision for your company because that's what you have called it forever. Well, just because that's what you've called it doesn't mean everybody else knows it. And if you've been using this community apps now, communities app now, and and now you're gonna switch it, uh, you know. Yeah. So I think uh, it really depends. If you've been using Yammer, 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 for as long as you've been, you know, you've had it, and now you're going to start using it in Teams, yeah, it might be worth calling the app Yammer, but since that's what everybody is used to. I will caution you, though, that is that something that will last? I don't know. I mean, yes, you can be able to do this now. Uh, will this, will you be able to rename it to something forever? I don't know. I, I would think so, but just be aware that, you know, this may change at some point. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and um, look, with Viva bringing things together and Viva Connections, um, we know that it'll be Yammer in the background, but it actually doesn't really have an identity there. It's just a place where community conversations are surfaced. So anyway, um, this is going to be, we expect this rollout to be completed in June. And if you see the community's app version is greater than version 2.2.3, then functionality has been enabled in your tenant. Now, I might have a bit of fun with that later on just to see what I can do and, and push the boundaries. And I'll come up with some fun community thing. But uh, like, uh, well, Daniel, you cautioned me that I can't do anything with Disney and use the Mickey Mouse Club. Stop or saying Club. words. Stop saying words. We have to blip those. Blip I said, those I said Disney. 
Misney. Anyway, um, let's move on to the next message because that's probably the safest thing. Daniel, tell us about what's happening with Power Apps. Wow. Power Apps can now display images from Microsoft List MC257468. This is targeted release to roll out June 2021 and will be completed by mid-June and then standard release to all other cloud environments. I'm assuming that means in Microsoft cloud environments. We'll begin in mid-June, completed by end of June. This is, so if you're creating a Power App and you are using a SharePoint connector to pull in information, you will be able to utilize and display a image that's stored in an image column in the list, in the Microsoft list. Remember, that's a that's a SharePoint list, right, in the back end. So you'll be able to display an image. I, this development, I think this is great for those that are creating apps to um, help those in the front line that are working with inventory, that are working with customers. I mean, you could use this as a sales tool, right, to be able to mm. display the information on an iPad or on their phone while they're trying to, oh, I said a, a copyrighted name there, their tablet device or their phone. Um, they can, uh, you know, help by showing the image. I, I think this really expands the capabilities where uh, you've had to do it in a in a weird way maybe before. So uh, mm. kind of out of the box uh, capability. So um, this is, it says you may want to notify your users. I think definitely you want to notify those that are creating power apps in your organization uh, to, to this new capability because this could change the way they're developing their applications uh, to, to utilize the media content, those images. Um, you know, those Power Apps people in that community, they probably already know even before yes. this message. They're a pretty tight community. They would have, they would have jumped on that and said, yes, finally we can do that. Because, I mean, my opinion, it's interesting that you couldn't do that beforehand. That probably would have been a useful thing out of the box. But well, it's cool to see it. We have to remember Power Apps has, is not a SharePoint forms tool it is its own application development tool within the microsoft 365 space speaking of space let's talk about headspace well headspace yes uh getting into that headspace getting out of that headspace uh this message is uh an update reminder this is a strange one update reminder for headspace mindfulness content and microsoft viva insights is here MC257054. You'll probably have to replay that back on the podcast to try and understand what I just said. <laughs> but it's calling ahead to say that Headspace content, Headspace mindfulness content is coming. So it's not here, it's coming. <laughs> um, as stated in, in April this year, when, when they talked about uh, Microsoft Viva, uh, Headspace is a partner or has partnered with Microsoft to deliver some pretty cool content, little meditations and, and videos, and I think there's music and things as well. But you can you can play through this to try and maybe tune out of work uh, as something of a virtual commute. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see how it plays out. Uh, this is going to be available uh, rolling out late June and expected to roll out ending late July. 
if you have to have Microsoft uh, Viva Insights running, um, and to have insights, you need to have an Exchange Online mailbox. So there's some layers to these requirements. Uh, but yeah, once you've got that place, Headspace uh, will become available um, and you'll be able to do your virtual commutes, mindfully wrap up after a meeting. Um, you'll, yeah, whatever you want to do to try and just chill out and take that that micro break. Um, Daniel, uh, before we have mindfulness, uh, sorry, Headspace and mindfulness type things, what's something that you do when you just need to take a quick break and tune out between meetings or big tasks? Take a nap. No, um, I usually in this in this past, I don't know, 15 months or I don't know, however long it's been, I've lost track of time. Uh, we'll get up and go, you know, refill my water cup and take a walk or um, change the music, uh, turn on some music and, and you know, whatever mood I'm kind of in, whether it's mm-hmm. classical or rock or anything in between. So uh, that's that's what I do. What what do you mm. typically do to kind of? Yeah. Sound? Uh, similarly, I I try and change the scene. I try and get away from the screen. I try and you know go for a walk. I, I do really enjoy being able to get some fresh air and get the blood pumping a bit. Walk up a hill. Um, so yeah, I think like mindfulness um, content from Headspace might be helpful before you jump into the car to drive home if if you're now starting to work from uh, the office again, or maybe you want to listen to it on the train or something like that. Um, yeah, but we'll, we'll see. Um, so there are some, uh, what else is there? It's going to be rolling out default on. So if you're an organization that wants to turn something like this off, then take a closer look at the message. There's some PowerShell commands for that. Um, but yeah, we'll just wait to see what happens when that lands. And maybe we can bump that down to the callbacks uh, once it once it does arrive, and we could have a mindfulness moment on the episode. Sounds good to me. Cool. Speaking of uh, search, I did say search. Yes, yeah, sorry, search. <laughs> we we have such a good time here. I hope you you wonderful people watching and listening are having a good time with us. I hope you are. The next message is Microsoft Search Usage Reports for Modern Site Collections. MC257055, targeted release, select users, this is interesting, uh, will begin late May and should be completed by mid-June. And then standard release, no mention about targeted release that's not selected users, but uh, standard release will begin mid-June and complete by early July. And this is getting new search reports for uh, top searches, uh, abandoned searches, no results queries, which is an interesting one, impression, distribution, um, so what things are, how it's being distributed, the looks, uh, and then the query volume I, th- that we already have, the trends for, the, for those modern site collections. I think those no results queries are interesting to help you see what people are looking for and not finding because that is probably Mm. top three killer of any intranet is I can't find what I'm looking for. 
Um, and <laughs> I something that Daryl mentioned off air just came to my mind. And anyway, mm-hmm. still haven't found what I'm looking for. So you too, huh? <laughs> but um, yeah. So how will this affect your? Again, you'll get these reports, and I pulled this up as um, kind of this, just the uh, maybe we should be over there. And just showing on the screen, you know, what this might look like having these top queries, of course, but these no results queries and those these abandoned queries, meaning they did a search, but scrolled through it and said, eh, nothing fits. Um, so mm. uh, getting this information for those that really are managing your intranet, this is very important. Now, if you set your intranet up and you say, okay, uh, site admins you go and update your content whenever you want to i'm out you know that's really not managing an intranet that's that's you know that's it being an an admin i guess that's not really being uh, managing it and uh, helping with adoption so if you are helping with adoption and you want your intranet uh, to be useful and you want those uh, in your organization to find it helpful then search is do it. These search reports are going to be uh, something that you should be looking at pretty regularly. You really should. Mm. Um, you should be in here looking, especially you can think about what, what happens when you roll out some benefits program and you go and look that people are searching for something that's related, but, and you can kind of think, Oh, that's what they're looking for, but they're just typing it wrong. Well, maybe you need to, you know, change your, your hints and and put in some um, some results that will help them get to their information. So anyway, it, do you th- do you agree with that, Daryl? That I mean, you have to really. I I I think of it as massaging search. You know, you've got to really make it work for your users uh, in a in a way that um, that they keep finding it helpful and find what they're mm. looking for. Um, you know, yeah, look, if, if, uh, if 600 people are searching for something that you tried to guide them to, but they didn't click through or they wrote something that was similar, then uh, you're already getting more information that you're going to be able to use to help guide people to that piece of information, You know, especially if it's an internal campaign or a certain thing. Um, yeah, I think this is this is going to be important. It's, is this... Detail that uh, it's just for site owners, isn't it? It's not just something that anyone can get to. Right. This is um, for when you're configuring the search settings, then it's going to be the owners, um, you know, Mm. getting to the information. Yeah. Search administrators Mm. will be Mm. able to view this for the last 31 days um, from the previous year. (laughs) What? Sorry, I, I've okay. read that several times I'm and then sure I just that read happens. it again and I'm like, or monthly from the previous year. Whew, I, I yeah. missed that or. I was like, it made sense to me earlier when I reviewed this, but right then it didn't. Yes, yeah, so you'll be able to see it for the past 31 days or get monthly reports for the past year. Okay. All right. Whew. I was God. I was confused there for a second. I'm sorry, folks, if that if it threw you as much as it threw me for a loop there. All right. The time for quick mentions has come to our show. 
the time for quick mentions. So go. Oh, very Zeus of you. Uh, Dr. Zeus, I might add. Oh, no, another copyright infringement. Um, well, let's just make a quick mention about a message uh, that was updated. We don't often mention the updated messages because it's just a, a rescheduling, but it is a important feature that a lot of people are waiting for, and that is Dynamic View and Microsoft Teams. So it's been updated on the 20th of May uh, based on initial feedback. We're addressing issues and have updated the rollout timeline. Thanks for your feedback. The new rollout for the Teams Dynamic View. For non-EDU enterprise customers, they'll begin rolling it out at the end of May and expect to be complete mid-June. And EDU customers will begin rolling mid-June, expect to be complete early July. Uh, we're looking forward to it because it is going to make our content look interesting without too much effort uh, in a meeting. Um, but yeah, it's just been pushed out a bit further. Daniel, uh, what about uh, IE11? Yes, IE11, Internet Explorer 11, desktop application retires on Windows 10, June 15th, 2021. Just wanted you know to let everyone know We've talked about IE10 uh, in the past. Now we're talking about IE11. Uh, remember that it is being retired uh, one year and a few weeks from now. Um, that it is, and we got information. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to remember. Uh, oh, they. This is what I was looking for. This um, to how to uh, transition to the new edge. So you need to pay attention to this uh, for those that are still using IE eleven. Uh, how you can uh, continue to utilize your um, those applications maybe that rely on it when you move to edge in using the IE mode. So you need to be testing that and making sure it'll work. You got to get off IE eleven. You, you just got to now. Um, so uh, want to make sure that you're doing that. And it is, uh, like I said, got a year in a little bit. I think what you need, oh, they're also, you can see these in the browser usage reports in the admin center, uh, the Microsoft 365 admin center to see if people are using IE11 to access M365 uh, and then take appropriate action. So. Very important. You've got a year, but don't let it, it'll, we just talked about losing track of time. So it, it'll sneak up on you. You need to address this now. Some consistency. Microsoft lists, sharing these lists uh, will now be uh, more consistent with the files and folders experience when we share files and folders from OneDrive and SharePoint. Go to share a Microsoft list and you'll see the same kind of choices uh, for creating sharing links. So this is really good to see. People are getting familiar with how to share. They don't have to uh, learn a, a whole other different set of restrictions and capabilities. It's all familiar within the Microsoft 365 stack. Um, lastly, Daniel, tell us about Outlook. Outlook, changes in how feedback is submitted, MC257051. This is rolling out early June, uh, expected to be done by late June. But really, there's a lot of, I like this message because it sh they've got a lot of screenshots here showing you what it's going to look like in the different platforms. So Outlook for iOS and then Outlook for Android, Outlook for Mac, etc. Basically, they're giving, um, changing the way you're, when you submit feedback in the app, 
they are giving you more options. So you can provide greater detail, give them a little bit more information about what's going on, uh, really to help you um, instead of just saying, you know, give you a box and say, whatever, you know, tell us stuff. It's trying to categorize this so they can take action. Uh, so it's just a better. Uh, now, yes, it's a little more information, I think they're wanting, but uh, it's not that much more. And it really can help you walk through that flow of, uh, I don't like something. What is it that you don't like? Tell us about it. Um, so anyway, it's good stuff. I, I like it. Um, any Anytime they're going to actually listen to our feedback when something is really bad, then, then I like it. The... Transition now is to callbacks. And what is special about today, Daryl? Today's episode for callbacks. Today's episode uh, for well, callbacks. We have we have two. We've two. been greedy because Dose. because we we so often we we let you down, right? And we we kind of find that you know there's just oh was I too harsh there? Sometimes yeah. we just don't have anything, Daniel. Um, fact this one's this one's weird right i am actually looking for it now and even i can't find it come on now where are you i can demo it all right well this is this is the um set out of office for microsoft teams and that's mc252199 Uh, this uh, allows you to set your out of office directly from microsoft teams Um, So you can go up to the set status message window uh, where you can change uh, and drop in a note there to say I'm off to lunch and all sorts of stuff there. But this new link, which is available, it's there on the screen with Daniel, lets you to go through and set your out-of-office message. So you can turn that on. You can type in a message there. You can set whether it's the same for internal versus external, and you can set the date for how long it's going to be. Um, These are all familiar choices when we're setting our out-of-office in Outlook. Um, now, one thing that while we are here, Daniel, uh, if I was to do this here and set it, then it's going to also carry over to Outlook. So I'm setting it in Teams. It will set it in Outlook too. That's great. Um, one thing I do find, though, which is quite convenient when I go to Outlook and set it there, it has my message from last time. So I could just tweak it a bit, change it. If it's something that I use uh, in a frequent sort of state, then it's very easy for me to to change there too. Um the other thing that it will do, uh, if you if you were in that screen initially to set a status message, this out of office message actually overrides it. You might have noticed that when you set out of office in Outlook, that um, if you have a message, it's going to present it in that uh, set status window, or no, rather it will appear in that status yeah status message. And so that way, when people um, internally are, are looking at your status, they can see, okay, well, Daryl's on annual leave or Daryl's uh, running a course today, so he won't be as responsive as usual. Um, but, yeah, I think it's good to see that. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things, though, where I'm so used to doing it from Outlook and I have a full set of options and I just I do it there because I've got to do other things while I'm there and I'm yeah. in there with my calendar that, you know, I would just, just do it there. Um, have you used it yet, Daniel? I haven't used it in Teams, no, but, I mean, it has that familiar, it has the most important part of an out-of-office for me so far, which is the very bottom of when to send this out-of-office. So you can schedule it to say from this time to this time. Uh, I think that's so important. But 
uh, I think with this transition, I think more and more going to teams, it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, if people transition to teams rather than staying, you know, doing things like this calendaring and outlook, I still do this in outlook. So, you know, if I'm sitting out of office, but you know, mm. um, if for some reason I'm in teams and I'm, I'm about to go out of office, I might just do it in teams, you know, while I'm there, you know, it might be just a convenience thing for me, but yeah. Well, the other quirky thing too, when you go to set that out of office message, you've got, you got to type it from scratch each time. So that, that's just a thing. Um, it will come through as plain text, but I remember when I did set it this week that um, I had used some carriage returns to try and format it and make it look, you know, a bit like you would normally have in an out-of-office message. Yet when I went back to turn it off and to look at it again, uh, it had removed those carriage returns and it was just kind of a big blob of text. So it still needs a bit of massaging around the formatting. But, yeah, yeah uh, it, it'll, it'll get there perhaps. <clears throat> we'll, we'll see what it looks like. I think this actually transitioning to our next callback is kind of a similar discussion about what you this, do from Teams versus Outlook. Yeah, this is exactly. Uh, so this one is new Teams meeting lobby setting. Only invited users join directly MC33466. And you're right. It's what is the difference between what can be done in Teams and what can be done in Outlook? So uh, what do we mean? Because you would think, hey, I'm in my meeting. I've set up my meeting. Okay. I've set up my meeting. Now I'll come into the and it's already sent because this is the way Teams works. You don't get into the meeting settings until you've already set up the meeting and sent the invite. So you go into the meeting. Who can bypass the lobby? I can now choose people I invite, parentheses, turn off allow forwarding in the meeting invite. Okay. Pause. So <laughs> I, I'm pausing because what I just said kind of should make you go, wait a minute, the meeting invites already sent, right? Because I can't get into the meeting options until I have sent the meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's so I don't, I don't. And so when you're in outlook, you can most certainly do this. You could turn off while you're scheduling a meeting, you can turn off the ability to forward the meeting, but in teams, you can't do that. In Teams, you're, you, mm. you don't have that option. So I'm not entirely sure what this is. F so <laughs> I just don't know what you would do with this. I don't know. If you're only in yeah. Teams, I don't know what you would do with this because maybe you would send the invite to one person because you have to actually invite someone else before it turns it into a, a Teams meeting. And then you can come in here and set the setting and then you add other people to it and send it. I... Yeah, it's a bit awkward. It's um, confusing, right? Well, look, the, what, what's the main goal of, of the setting? It's if you are inviting people to a meeting, they're named, they're in the required field or in the optional field, I guess, then they're going to be able to get straight through the lobby. And, you know, that might be good for when you're inviting presenters and there'll be other people that might attend uh, and like maybe you've shared a link to the meeting publicly internally and you want your presenters to come straight through so that they can do all the preamble and then let the other people in through from the lobby when you're ready to, to go live. So a bit like, a bit like we're doing something before a webinar. Hey, um, yeah. but yeah, this, 
there's just some awkward jiggle here that it works great if you're setting up this meeting from Outlook and you can set that setting to make sure that the invite can't be forwarded. If that's if that's a use case that you're wanting to prevent people from coming in and you just want your, your invited people to come straight through and miss the lobby. But yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just no. a little awkward there of what the flow, the workflow would be, right? Of how mm. would I use Teams only to prevent forwarding when I've already had to send it before I can ch change that setting. Maybe you do default to this. I don't know. Um, mm. But that is the show. I am going to throw up the on the video. I'm throwing up the uh, email address. We'd love for you again to take a 10 second or so video of yourself telling us why you watch the show. What what is this impact the show has on you? So the email address is 200 for 200. 200 at 365mcs.com. We'd love to see those uh, come through and uh, want to hear from you so we can uh, possibly share what you say on the 200th episode. And yeah, we'll celebrate with you your compliments, exactly. your complaints, your. <laughs> send it whatever. all. I mean, send yeah, it send all. Send it all. We're good. You've had 200 episodes of it by the time you'll see it on screen. So That's right. Yeah. That's right. And we would really appreciate that. And we'd appreciate you subscribing and uh, hitting the thumbs up and everything. And, and also, you know, following us on Twitter, 365 MCS. There are multiples of uh, of people who watch and listen to this that don't follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. And, oh, man, you know what? You're what? starting to sound like that, that new phrase that YouTubers say. You know, the one that goes... And by the way, we've found that 70% of you who are watching this don't actually subscribe. So subscribe now. <clears throat> oh, so maybe I'm I'm cool like that. Yeah. I mean, you're up with it. You just you know, blend it. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. Um, we'd love to hear from you on the socials. So ping us and remember to, uh, to send those videos our way. Uh, this is episode 196. Bye-bye for now. See ya.